Well, let's get a close legal look at the many facets of this case. And joining us is attorney and former Manhattan prosecutor Michael Bachner. Michael, good to have you back here live on Newsline. All right. So I've, I've been reading that the grand jury is supposed to hear a case against one of the six migrants. This is Yohenry Brito, uh, the man that cops were at first trying to arrest when the attack happened. How does the process work? Is the grand jury today only looking at the charges against one suspect or the other suspects as well? It, the grand jury will likely be getting evidence related to the entire event, uh, but perhaps focusing on this one gentleman who's being held um, in uh, being held on bail. I believe uh, fifteen thousand dollars cash bail. So they're likely going to be focusing on on him. Uh, one of the issues that I understand the DA's office is having is that they're having difficulty identifying with enough certainty who the players were in the assault on these officers. The The photos may have been grainy. Um, the the focus may have been off, et cetera. So uh, they're going to try to uh, get further information to try and identify those individuals with enough certitude to get an indictment. And photos aside, Michael, uh, is it also because uh, the suspects might not have uh, identification here in America? There's no record, there's no social media presence, nothing like that for investigators to look into? Well, certainly the inability to, to, uh, to identify them by name is a problem, but you can still vote an indictment based upon uh, giving them a John Doe name and wait for identification to occur at a later time. So the DA's office could present their pictures, their photos, and say John Doe number one is guilty of the following offense, uh, and then they will go out and try and arrest that individual based upon uh, warrants that have been issued uh, countrywide. And what offenses are we talking about? What are the likely charges, and how much potential jail time would they carry if there were a conviction? They're looking at what I believe are going to be uh, felonies of e felonies, which is assault of a, uh, a, a assault on. It's really a misdemeanor assault, but it's elevated to a felony level when the person you're assaulting is a police officer who is uh, you are attempting to essentially resist or obstruct him doing his job. That could raise it to a level where they're looking at a minimum of two years in jail and a maximum of seven. Okay, I want to play a quick clip of Mayor Adams. Um, We've been hearing over the past week or so about the possibility of deportation for the suspects. Governor Hochul saying essentially send them back. Uh, here's Mayor Adams on what he says should happen first. The role of the federal government, if a person is found guilty of a crime, is to deport. And I think deport after they serve this sentence here for the crime that they com committed. Right. So after, is that the, the likely uh, first step in the process? Uh, yeah. Um, once a person's convicted and sentenced, they do their time first. Um, we don't give people the benefit of avoiding the jail sentence by merely throwing them out of the country where they may never see a, a day in jail. Mm. So you do your time. After you do your time, you get booted out if uh, if an immigration court determines that there's sufficient evidence to do so or reason to do so. Right. And Michael, so much controversy about this that five of the six suspects were released without bail. Uh, what is Bragg's defense for releasing them? Well, I, I think Bragg's problem was the one I articulated a little bit earlier, and that is being sure that the people that they arrested were actually the individuals who are committing the crime on the tape. I think there were some identification issues. For those that there were no identification issues, 
I candidly see no reason that these people should not have been held with bail. It's a violent offense committed against a police officer doing his or her job, and these people should have been detained. And look, I'm a, I'm a full-blown criminal defense lawyer. I mean, I believe in the system, but on this call, I, I would respectfully disagree. And look, the judge had the right to hold them regardless of what the DA's office asked for, and you've got a query, you know, what was the judge thinking? Right. And uh, quickly, I'm, I, I know I have to let you go, but uh, we have a Fox News report this morning that ICE agents in Arizona might have caught some of the other migrant uh, suspects. Would they, if if the reports pan out and if they are facing charges in Arizona, would they be likely to be extradited to New York first? Yes. And they'll be held um, if, if, if they're sufficiently identified, they will be held um, in jail in Arizona. Um, there will be an extradition hearing. If they don't waive extradition, if that is if they don't just agree to come back to New York saying we're the people, um, then the prosecutors in Arizona are going to have to prove that the people being detained are, in fact, the people that New York is looking for. That's not such an easy process necessarily. And there generally has to be a, what we call a charging document in order to justify um, extradition. And that may have to be an indictment or some type of formal accusation in order to get them extradited. It's a complicated process. I've been involved in extraditions. It can take months and months and sometimes years right. to get people to test extradition. Attorney Michael Bochner, we thank you so much for your insight. 